another edition of Commander's Log, and I'm not really here. Pre-recorded episode. We'll talk about that after the jump. But more importantly, we're also talking the Runaway and Calypso episodes of Short Treks. You know, Short Treks, I love them. Right now, after that jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, look alive, Captain on the bridge. What's going on, hey, Captain Girl? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> so as, as it is, this is technically March 31st. I am in Dallas right now, but of course, the power of holograms and movie magic has us doing this show pre-recorded. Can you believe it? You know, the nice thing about having to do an episode that is out of time, drifting in some outside of time thing is it's very Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Thematically speaking, we're right on by having this transmission go out, even though while people are watching it, I don't even know what I'll be doing. Probably sleeping. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of time, though, over there at the Weber Internet thingy, the Picard recap show is happening right after this one goes on the air. Tell me how that's been going so far this season. I had no idea because, uh, you know, working with you is so easy. Oh, uh, it's a passing game. It's two friends. We were comedians together. Like we we know how to how to you know just chop it up. Just the two of us. I've got three co-hosts: Chris Pitcher, Leo Genesek, and uh, the great Joe Townsell. No who everybody everybody who loves Commander's Log knows Joe. And uh, these guys are doing all the work. It is so easy. Well, I'm, I. I get to still be me. And, yeah. and they're doing all the work. I'm sorry. It must be great having an intergalactic entourage. Uh, <laughs> if someone wanted to check out the Picard recap and Weber Internet thingy, how'd they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, go on over to um, it's on Starbase 80 on Facebook. It's also on Weber Internet thingy on uh, Facebook and my YouTube channel, Weber Internet thingy. We would love to see you coming on by and enjoying the programs with us. Today we're talking about the short treks, which I'll be honest with you, I've only seen one short trek in total before today's episode, but one of them is the one we're going to talk about right now, Runaway and Calypso, but let's talk about Runaway first. You know, having assignments that were curated by my captain was an honor and privilege. Let me ask you real quick there, John, why these two? Why are we crafting these two today? Um, Because... One of the great things about short treks is they didn't feel that they had to. It, it's like they they weren't doing what they felt they had to do. They were mm -hmm. doing what they wanted to do, uh, and you could really see the the love that's put into it. They are so beautiful. Uh, the these little short treks, and some are animated, and some are uh, films. Uh, a lot of them are using sets from the big show, from Discovery, or 
very far down the line, Strange New Worlds. I guess mm. at this point, it's not terribly far down the line, is no, it? No, six weeks, I think. Coming up. Yeah. And uh, so they're giving a lot of extra moments, a lot of extra content, uh, and really like top-notch directors, top-notch lighting, top-notch scripts, honestly. So what's great about this? Um, Tilly is the star of Runaway. Mm-hmm. Co-star, I mean... And and, uh, and one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorites. So Mary Wiseman is just chopping it up. We're just seeing so much of what the character uh, does and does so well. And then uh, the next one is Calypso. Calypso is actually where we first meet the ship's computer on Discovery that gains sentience. She gains a personality. And yeah. uh, she is a big part of the show now. So this is where they first introduced the idea that she might exist. And if you were like me and you're watching Discovery and you're like, um, you know, Zara, give give me the temperatures on, on the planet below us. And somebody's like, Zara? It's like, yeah, she chose the name. <laughs> and so, oh, that's the question. If you had to choose your own name, John, what would you choose? Oh, oh, well, you know, as a young man, Mm-hmm. I really like the name Conrad. Oh, that's a very old name, though. That's <laughs> an old name, but you I know, Harold. <laughs> well, Conrad, um, uh, he's in Heart of Darkness. Uh, Joseph oh. Conrad wrote uh, Heart of Darkness. Let's go. But, but also um, Conrad Baines, uh, the father from Different Strokes. Wow, that is a deep cut. That really puts you on target to how old you are, but. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good one. It's a good one because most Conrads have money, which is really cool. Oh, and there you go, there you yeah. go. I mean, I I feel like I'm I could have been a Conrad. I, yeah, I don't know, I could, a little fancy for me, but yeah, I don't know. Well, before there was the Flobo, I really wanted to be Timothy. My mom hated it. And I was like, look, I want a normal name, not these names where people got mispronounced. We're like, what's it? I want something you can't screw up. And now she's probably right looking back on it. So thank you, Mama. <laughs> Honestly, it's a great name. It's a one in a million name. How many Flobos have you ever known? You're the only uh, one I've The ever guy known. that owns Flobo.com, but that's not the issue for another time. But let's get into Calypso first, because this was way, to me, was put, put, blew my mind. In fact, I had to mm. stop it a couple of times and figure out where in time does Calypso exist? It has this aliens like meets like, I don't know, 2001. Yeah. What? How would you describe this one if someone hasn't seen Calypso? Uh, what's interesting about Calypso is we see a very lonely, very gothic uh, USS Discovery. It is empty. Uh, when our hero, who first identifies himself as Quarrel, but then later identifies himself as Kraft. Mm. Uh, And we find out pretty much right away as the computer is talking to him, and she says her name is Zora, um, we find out pretty much that she can tell when he's lying. Yeah. And then after a while, he can tell when she's lying. Right. Really cool. But anyway, you wanted to ask about the plot. The plot is a guy finds discovery and it's empty. And it's been empty for a thousand years. Right. This is a future that didn't happen. Uh, because as we know, in uh, season four, they uh, jumped forward in time by 900 years. Yeah. So this actually never happened. Um 
they left the ship. They said, stay here. We'll be back. And that was a thousand years ago. So when uh, Kraft is on board the ship, he starts talking to Zora like, you know, they're not going to come back. And, and she has to, like, justify staying, right? Uh, waiting for them. It's very sad, as I say, very gothic in the classic sense of gothic that th- there's an emptiness and a grandness to the ship and uh, and a loneliness and an aching, uh, a lack of a crew. They're kind of sad. Yeah, I, I guess I'm glad you explained that to me because I was like, what? Huh? I'm glad you make sure that for those of us who are slow, it is an alternate past future. Because uh, I was like, wait, how does that link into everything? Uh, so, but what was your take on the Alcorian humans or Al- Alcor 4 humans? I don't know what the word is. Alcor 4 humans. They, they are like us, but they have a little different of uh, upbringing, uh, different customs, different cultures, something along those lines. Uh, you know, I kind of love that because their lives are very much of their time. So uh, there's a lot of war. And there's a, a, a very different way of identifying yourself and having relationships, very, very sort of different customs. But at base, they are human. And I think it's the Alcorians who are the ones who love old TV shows and movies mm-hmm. f- from human past. Betty Boo. And so, yeah. So Craft uh, is in um, one of the enemy's escape pods, I believe. Right. And it's playing Betty Boop for like days, weeks, and he can't turn it off. So he's watching the same Betty Boop cartoon over and over. <laughs> Which sidebar was never a fan. I never got it. I, I never got it. I, I got Hello Nurse. I, I got Jessica Rabbit. But as Betty Boop as a sex symbol, I just never got it. <laughs> you know what's funny? Betty Boop was a very coded uh, thing because there were a lot of kids I knew um in college who uh, were sort of non-binary or, uh, or gay, but closeted. And there were a lot, I I remember being at a party once talking to a girl I was really interested in and her friend and her friend, she mentions Betty Boop because she, she was wearing some Betty Boop thing, uh, Betty Boop socks or something. And I was like, Oh, those are cute. And her friend's like, are you into Boop? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I might be. I don't know. <laughs> was that code for something else? <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless it's some, unless it's code for something else. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, for me, it's the Jessica Rabbit. I, I like my cartoon ladies shapely. Hey, never- I was what five when it came out. I, I became a man really early there, John. I just <laughs> ah, make it more creepy. <laughs> I had, I had uh, Tina Louise on Gilligan's Island. You had, you had Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah, exactly. Wait a minute, I think at the the best end of the deal because that was actually a person. But that's that's besides the point. I guess. Hey, man, uh, Betty and Veronica. Okay, I had Betty and Veronica. And oh, you I know, know you love them. So when I was a kid, I was about Team Betty. But as I get older, you know what? Spoil me, bro. I am tired of someone who makes better cookies. You can buy. You can hire chefs. I had just sold out. <laughs> Team Veronica all day long, baby. That's I, I I gotta admit, um, I had a I I go with the split timeline of Archie could have married either. Oh yeah, because... I read those magazines. They're, they actually read those the whole yeah. Yeah, I love that because honestly, I could have gone either way. I, I saw the awesomeness in either. How about with Josie and the Pussycats, though? 
Let's I, get really off the Star Trek. I would skip bit. those comics, man. Because by the digest, I'm like, I don't care about Joe's and the Pussycats or that Wilkins boy. Little <laughs> Jinx, she was great. I love myself some Little Jinx. You know Lil what I'm Jinx saying? But yeah. I was like, ah. so even Sabrina. Is that a cool mystery by the first page? I'm like, ah, <laughs> get your <laughs> jughead. <laughs> That's my I, homeboy. Okay, um, if you remember a little bit about Josie and the Pussycats, there's the band, Josie and the Pussycats, and then there's uh, Alex and Alexandra. Right. So, uh, and then there's like Freddie from, there's the blonde guy with the side scarf, like whoever he was, I don't care. But the bad girl with the white shock of hair, Alexandra. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I like that bad girl. I would have pegged you as a Sarah Blossom guy. And maybe, I guess I don't know you, John. <laughs> but that's, what are we doing? This is, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what show is this again? <laughs> well, cut this out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's too late for that now. Edit uh, that. So, so as it always happens, it's just an interesting dynamic of a man with a family, but he's all alone with a... AI, but AI that tends to present as female. And oh, over yeah. time, there is some tension of the romantic variety. Tell me more about that one, John. Absolutely. Um, Zora is, at her heart, a romantic. And she is taking care of this guy, Kraft. And she she does care about him and care for him. This reminds me so much of like those stories uh, where it's like the soldier from the Civil War battles is being nursed back to health by the you know the the yeah. the lonely widow. Uh, it, it's it's very um, sort of sweet how she introduces him to one of her favorite things, which is uh, from the movie Funny Face. Right, and it it's a dance number of Fred Astaire and uh, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, who who was a dancer? Audrey Hepburn was a heck of a dancer, uh, and of course Fred Astaire. Come on. Uh, and so I I love that she shows it to him and he's kind of like whatever eating the popcorn whatever I'm that way all the time with my girlfriend's homie stuff (laughs) (laughs) who cares Ross, Rachel, Rachel, Ross get together already (laughs) let's wrap this up (laughs) that's so so true Uh, the, uh, the the thing that happens is he realizes how lonely she is and how much she's done for him. And so he, uh, and she makes him tacos. That's love. What's Tuesday. (laughs) What a Tuesday was. That was pretty cool. I love that. She's like, it's taco Tuesday. He's like, what's a taco? Uh, (laughs) She's like, um, it's um, flavorful meat. Put flavorful proteins put in uh, to a bed of carbohydrates. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's more appetizing than a carbohydrate sleeve. It just, it just, or whatever she said. It was just weird, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's taking care of him, and then he gets to the point where he wants to do something nice for her. So he actually learns the dance from that number that she loves so much from Funny Face. Yeah, and and then he says, "Let's let's do it." let's let's dance and um and so they're in this beautiful hologram which is on the bridge which is of course in in you know at this point you can do holograms anywhere mm-hmm. you don't have to go to the hollow suite and uh and i really love that she creates audrey hepburn to dance with him and he's like no 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 you i want to dance with you what do you look like and she makes herself 
look like what she imagines that she looks like. She was hot. Um, and she was hot. Sash Striga played her uh, as the dancer. Uh, Annabelle Wallace is the voice of Zora, but the dancer is Sash Striga. And oh my gosh, what a lovely, lovely woman. And I think we got to admit that Aldous Hodge, who plays Kraft, is a pretty good-looking guy, too. So, Oh, yeah, but I'm too much of a jealous person. Oh, these clothes, I just can't contain on my muscles. Okay, whatever. I know the dude is amazing physique. He can't fit in their clothes because he's just too hunky. There probably were tacos at Alcor for. He's never had any. Sorry. <laughs> I'm on a diet. I'm, I'm paleo, bro. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Oh, he's raw liver. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a nice, sweet little scene where they do that dance. But then he realizes, uh-oh, I do have a family. I do have a woman at home and a kid. So I can't fall in love with this computer. That was so tragic because it's kind of like I, I, I understood that he wasn't going to do anything sexual with the AI. And now Zora felt really sad about it. And I understand it was the end of the short trek, but I kind of felt like, I said he let her on, but it was like, oh, this is not going to end well. No matter what you do, why would you want to do it? But thankfully, he awkwardly left. <laughs> like, yeah, Bye. yeah. He, he just, well, and that was the thing. He was taking a big chance because he was taking a warp-capable uh, shuttle, which was the last shuttle on Discovery at that time, and they hadn't even named it. Little mm. point right there for you folks. Yeah. And then well, um, and then so she names it. She names the the ship, and off he goes home to his family. And we think he'll make it. That's actually good storytelling, too. We don't know a hundred percent that he's even gonna make it. I think that was pretty cool though. The how it got to the, the name reveal and then the naming conventions in Alcor 4, which is pretty cool. Like I think one of that, my favorite parts. Yeah. Uh I I I don't think I cry a lot. Or I don't think I've ever cried a lot in these shows, but hanging with John has made me a giant softy when it comes to I time. am a huge softy and softie. I did have the single tear. Oh man, I wish I had that on, on camera. Uh Anything I missed before we moved on to Runaway Man? I thought this was actually a cool one. I didn't think Calypso would have been my favorite of the two because Tilly yeah. was in the other one. But I want to start with Calypso because, like, that was a really cool story. I almost felt like it belonged in the Outer Limits or <laughs> or that, an episode of Twilight Zone. So no, no, it's like a Black Mirror kind of a kind of a storyline too. Honestly, there's sweetness and humanity in this relationship with an AI. The AI has been alone for so long. She's been basically evolving as a personality. I think it's really important for Discovery fans to see this one because you need to know more about Zora. Mm -hmm. So I would say definitely watch this one. It will help you appreciate Zora more. Yeah, I totally did. I was kind of yeah. like, mm, but now it makes sense. Yeah, totally yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, but I don't know where that comes from. But then when you see Zora in this parallel universe where she's alone but still developing, um, then her developing while the crew is still in the ship. And and really, like, again, I might even make myself cry. What happens in Discovery is that she realizes she wants to be part of the crew. Mm -hmm. It's not just enough to be the computer, to be a resource. She 
she promises that she will obey and she will do everything. She can be her own person. She can be an AI, but they're like, but you might not obey us. You'll be autonomous. And we, we don't want that autonomy. And she's like, what if you made me part of the crew? Then I'd have to obey. Then I would have to act on my love for the crew and, and obey you. Uh, even if we were going against what I thought was best for the crew. And that's love, man. I always, <laughs> I'm sorry, one last thing. I always say the important thing about the Toy Story movies is this. It teaches you that toys love you back. Well, now I feel like a total jerk when I say hashtag stamps is going to be right, but that's just me. Season five is on the horizon. If if my if my I can't even say her name because she'll turn on. If my Echo Dot decides to be my friend, I'm like, no, no, I'm not going out. <laughs> Just all right, we got to move on though. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just get her to hate you. That's my, <laughs> that's my secret. Well, well, you say we tell her I love her. She starts singing at you. It's kind of surreal. If you guys have an echo, just say, I love you. She starts singing. But okay. So, right away, <laughs> she takes over everything. Right away takes uh, the place between shift five and one, I believe, on the Discovery. Tilly is by herself, randomly, you know, hanging out. But then she meets a visitor. This was really weird. So, it starts off like a little monster movie kind of a deal. And then there's this orange blood getting left around. Mm-hmm. And, and um, oh, and what what's really cool about this, because this is one of the last ones I watched. Um, and I don't know why. We'll, we'll have to have this conversation further down the line. But for, there's some reason that easy to watch for me, I don't watch it then. If it's so easy to watch. Right. But what's important about this is uh, it's very important to Tilly's... Uh, Tilly's shaping, Tilly's um, state of mind, her relationship with her mom. And this begins with her having a phone call with her mom. You don't only see mom's face, but the when the references on the main show to her mom, to me, felt like, oh, this is random. But now I'm glad there's some kind of supplemental material where they're actually showing it. So it doesn't seem like it's totally random, but she is so judgy. I mean, yeah. space mom, am I right? <laughs> The um the the story we find out about Tilly's mom is that uh she's in the diplomatic corps. She's not a scientist, she's not an explorer, she's not a warrior, she's not really Starfleet, she's a diplomat, and that's like on a higher level than mm-hmm. just serving in Starfleet. But Tilly wants to be in Starfleet. And and at the time, this is also kind of uh important. In the evolution of Tilly, at the time she was in the officer's training program and she was, she just wanted to be a captain. She just wanted to go to the top and she's smart and she's so capable that of course she'd be able to do that, which makes her story even more interesting as that doesn't happen and other things do. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting character. Uh, I really, I love seeing her again. uh, Young. You know, I hate to say it, but like five the, the years The show does age you. Yep, it does age you. I mean, I've aged uh, since the show started, so um, I don't expect everybody to stay the same age, but that was a Tilly that I loved. I love this Tilly now, too. So, yeah, you know, because I'm a one-man woman. <laughs> so we we meet, uh, to make sure I get this correct, because it's Her Majesty, uh, Mihani Ika Ale Kapo. 
uh, or AKA the princess bow. Well, we don't, she doesn't get revealed to be princess upright, but she is injured, but she's looking at Tilly like, I'm smarter than you, but Tilly outsmarts her. Now, this is kind of a cool exchange, kind of like a, a subversion of a subversion, because you thought it was going to be a horror movie, you thought it was going to be this enemy thing on an intellectual level, but then friendship came after. It's it's um it's so funny. I always love the I gotta come up with a phrase for this, but um it's like uh on the show Frasier. Remember, we meet his when Frasier was on Cheers, we knew his wife Lilith. We knew that they had a son. Uh we didn't know much about Frasier's family. So when they created the show Frasier, they created his family. And we find out that Frasier has a brother, Niles, who's even more Frasier than he is. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's what they did with Poe. They gave us a Tilly that's even more Tilly than Tilly. Yeah. Uh, and, this is, I, sorry to cut you off there. But oh, no, line, no. I like the, the, the look of adoration when Tilly goes, I see me in you. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's so funny. I I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but like um, as I've known comedians, um, there are people where I went, you know, what I think I am, this guy is actually that more. <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. Uh, it happened to be recently once uh, I was I was doing a show, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remove names to protect the innocent, and uh, I had I had booked uh, a comedian to be my guest, and and we used to date the same girl. And, and she's like, oh, man, is, is it creepy? Is it weird? I'm like, ah, nah. So I get in the show, and this dude talks like me, has the same interests as me. And I'm like, holy crap, am I in central casting for this? Like, am I part of a type? It was surreal. So funny. <laughs> it I was love like, it. Hair wasn't there, but it was up there. It was just uh, <laughs> it's just a variation. Yeah, it's that cycle episode, like fake Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. But but Poe, Poe has her own issues, her own baggage. Uh, it looks like, you know, her twin sister, the planet she came from is Zahia. I can't pronounce it right. But she's a Zahian female. So I say right. Zahia. Uh, right, right. You know, there was a bit of a, a discourse about what to happen with this warp device, this warp capable device. And she said, I want to run away. Now, let me ask you there, John, have you ever had that moment when you were a teenager being like, forget you, mom and dad, I'm out of here. Like, have you ever had one of those things when, you know, when to leave? You know, that's so funny. Um, I think I had that more when I was like eight, nine. <laughs> Packed up your little plastic suitcase. <laughs> you know, honestly, my family was what it was. You know, we had a big family. Uh, we had five kids and um, I was second oldest. And uh, so I'm technically a middle kid as well as one of the older kids. Uh, it, it was, uh, I, I totally understand running away because you get to redefine yourself. And when you're young, uh, like Poe is, and and you don't quite fit in, mm -hmm. uh, then of course you you always have that idea of like, should I, you know, you watch Oliver, you watch any of these things uh, that you see as a kid, and you're like, oh, that kid went out on his own and he did okay for a couple of adventures. I mean, until that guy wanted to murder him. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I sorry, I should never have brought that up because now casual I'm, murder, by the way. I'm, like, I'm thinking of all these kids from literature who were almost murdered. Yeah. It's like Tom Sawyer had like a couple of guys try to murder him. Damn. <laughs> we, we read a lot of stories about kids who had a hit put on them. 
Simple times back then. Simple times. But um, but yeah, Poe Poe has created um uh, something for dilithium. It was a was it a process? Yeah, basically making them uh warp capable, I guess, in that way. Um, and it was a kind of like a, this political intrigue thing where it was like, oh, you know, and people didn't like it. It kind of kind of uh it was mining the resources of this semi-sentient planet. Like it wasn't sentient, but people are connected to it almost like a quasar kind of way. And so yeah. she decided to like think it out <clears throat> on this show. Yeah. And um luckily she ran into Tilly. Tilly, who could relate to her on many ways. And um and and whereas they were each of them used to each of them are used to being the smartest girl in the room. Mm-hmm. So they related together really well on that. And they're both geniuses. So yeah. You know, they they feel that way for a good reason. Absolutely. And so so when Poe is like, yeah, you know, parents dead, bros dead, I'm going to be queen tomorrow. Were you surprised? (laughs) Or you're kind of like, what? (laughs) I liked it because there was a fairy tale quality to it that went with the other uh, sort of fantasy qualities uh, of like she does have this very close sister relationship with her planet. Um you know, I, I think just like with Quajon and, and Book and Book's people, Book's family, um, I, I I feel like we are seeing these very alternative uh, existences in the future. And that's very Star Trek. Yeah. Kind of a classic tale and a bit of uh, mutual honor society towards the end. You're going to be the best queen ever. You're going to be the best commanding officer ever. Now, this came very early in the Tilly career, as you said, uh, and the commander subplot was big for Tilly until it wasn't. But at that time, did you feel that Tilly would have been a captain anywhere in the Discovery Universe? No, no question in my mind. No question in my mind. I think she would have... um, Honestly, um, that's a good question, what happened. What happened? Hey! (laughs) I'll tell you what happened. Who tells me what happened? This this is my theory, anyway. Um, By the time we get to season four of Star Trek Discovery, we now see a lot of great executive officers. So when, I mean, if Michael's not there, Saru is there. He's already a captain. He's a great leader. On the bridge, we know that Reese is capable of being uh, the guy in the captain's chair. We know that Nilsson is capable. Super Blonde is capable as well. Uh, frankly, um, Owo. I think Owo is Captain Material. For sure. Detmer, interestingly, is not, but I think that's one of the things that makes her so awesome. Yeah, she sticks out. Good number one, you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. like she's intense and, and she's got a little bit of crazy, but that good, creative, smart crazy. That cybernetic crazy. And, and I'm not sure I'd ever put her in the captain's chair, but I don't know. She could uh, totally blow me away, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm with you. I wonder what happened there with Tilly. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting how back then that was, like, the main thing. It was almost, like, kind of a parallel. Having – you had Michael obviously going to be a captain on some level, and then you also had Tilly on the side being like, I wonder if it was like a, t- a Titan situation, Titan Enterprise situation, or maybe mm. a number one command type thing. But it's yeah. cool to go back there and let's sort of play around with that. Uh, hey, yeah. Captain – it's been fun talking about short treks. Before we get out of here, though, any other things you want to add on that we missed? Do you think between Calypso uh, and Manowar? Uh, you know, I 
I, I honestly didn't find too much in these uh, that was a hidden uh, thing. Uh, I do love that we got to see the food processors. I'm sorry, food replicators. Yeah. Uh, in Runaway, uh, going crazy and spewing food all over the place, and Poe is like, "What is this? Oh my god!" It it until he's like, "It's ice cream. It's sugar. Sugar is awesome." Yeah, it's made of our shit, you know. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we also find out that Tilly is a big caffeine addict, and I know a lot of people out there in the audience are, so you could relate to her on even one more level now. That's what I'm talking about. But it's all time to take our leave, man. It's been pretty fun. We're going to be back next week with more episodes of Short Treks as we wait for Strange New Worlds. But in the meantime, if you want to get down with that Picard recap show, do that on that Weber internet thingy. John, if I want to get there right now, how do I do it? Come on over if you're on Facebook. Come on over to Starbase 80. That's one of the pages. And the other page is Weber Internet Thingy. We, you can find our episodes. You can find our old episodes and catch up with us. And uh, just check out the fun. Also, we're on YouTube. And you can see a bunch of old episodes up there as well. Yes. But until next time, as we always say, live long and Team Veronica. Veronica.